we just take up the theme for this closing 20 minute study uh, related particularly to service carrying on from what we've looked at about the word witness and this time again I want you to look at the first chapter of John's Gospel and the first verse first verse in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and I'm not attempting to explain that except that the word in this particular usage means not only a sound which you make but a reason given it is the word that gives us our English word logic or reason or reasonable so that when you read the word of the cross it's not merely the word cross it's what the cross stands for or when you read the word of reconciliation it's not the word reconciliation but what it means and Christ is the word now at the 18th verse it tells you what the function of the word is no man hath seen God at any time the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Now that's what a word is supposed to do. So Christ is the great exhibition of what a true witness should be. His name is the word, and he lived up to that name. He hath declared him. But then there are others who followed in his steps. They could never be the same as he, the perfect witness. But there were others and John the Baptist, in this very self-same chapter, gives you something of an idea. So, presently, we turn now, in John's Gospel, verse 19, to a record. As we said, it's all about witness, over and over again. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? What a tremendous pitfall it is when you get correspondence of different newspapers all swarming around your house, to ask you to give you some epitome of your life and all your opinions and things. You see, here it is, all around John the Baptist. Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? He said, I'm not. Art thou that prophet? He answered, No. And they said unto him, Oh, who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am, now it's our version says, the voice. No, he says, I am a voice. I stop there. Don't you see what I'm trying to say? If Christ is the word, John the Baptist said, let me be a voice. Why that sums up? Testimony, doesn't it? There's the two together. Christ is the word. John the Baptist says, I'm a voice. Let's look at the way this word voice comes in one or two passages. You might like to know the Greek word is the word P-H-O-N-E, phone, which comes in telephone and all the other words similar, a voice. Chapter 3, verse 8. He's speaking about rebirth. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof. Canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now the word Spirit at the end of the verse is the same as the word wind at the beginning. And it's a person that's being spoken of. You ought to read it again like this. The Spirit breatheth, not bloweth. The Spirit breatheth where he willeth. And thou hearest his voice. Thou canst not tell whence he cometh and whither he goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. 
But now here is his voice. And the voice of the Spirit, of course, is found in the Scriptures. And then we have another emphasis upon the voice in chapter 5. Verse 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. And again in verse 28. The voice. And that was demonstrated presently in chapter 11, when our Saviour stood at the grave of Lazarus. And he said, Lazarus, come forth, that he that was dead heard. We don't know how that brought about. But he demonstrated that it was true for our comfort and our assurance. And then we have in chapter 10 another statement which we mustn't pass over without a word. Chapter 10. He speaks about himself, he speaks about the shepherd. Verse 3. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. They hear his voice. He calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. But it says in verse 5, A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. And in verse 16, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Well, you say that's all very well. When our Saviour was here, you could hear his voice. But have there been no sheep since Christ ascended and left this earth? Oh, blessed be God. Anyone who takes the stand of John the Baptist and says, I am a voice, in the true sense, is perpetuating this fact. You're listening to my voice, and I'm not John the Baptist by any means. But in so much as I speak the word of God, there is still being uttered the voice that gives life from the dead even though it be through very earthen vessels and poor instruments. So that's one aspect of service. Say to yourself, if Christ is the word, let me be a voice. Now let's have it all over again in the first chapter, where John the Baptist again brought before us. First chapter, verse 7. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So, Christ was the light. John the Baptist was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness. Well, now we must come to chapter 5 again, where John the Baptist's witness is brought before us, and there seems to be at first a little contradiction. I'll read verse 31 again. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesseth of me is true. He said unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from men, from man. But these things I say that ye might be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. So John 1 says he was not that light, and John 5 says he was. Well, is that a contradiction? Go back in mind to Genesis, the first chapter. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. First day. Then you come to the fourth day. And God put lights in the heavens. Sun, the moon. 
Now the word light in the first case is light itself. Let there be light. The lights that were put in the heaven, the sun and the moon, have a little prefix in front of the Hebrew word which means thing. They were light things or light holders. Light was created in the first day and lanterns or lamps were put by God on the fourth day. Now, you may know a good deal more about physics than I do. But I do know this, that light is invisible. And if anybody says, now you're telling me, will you look it up? Light is invisible. Light is being reflected from my collar to your eyes. But you can't see a long ray of light going. It'd dazzle you all, wouldn't it? Light itself is invisible. You can see light in the specks of dust which are floating in the beam. That's where you, you see illuminated specks of dust. You don't see the light. And if you put a red hot wire into the beam, you could burn a black patch round and the light still goes by. It's not visible. So what you want is a light holder. You want something that will reduce that light down and reflect it to you that you may see it. That's John the Baptist. That's every humble follower of Christ. He says, oh, I'm not the light. I'm not the light of the world. But oh, let me be a lamp. Let me be a candle. Let me be a lantern. Let me be something that can use that light and focus it into the hearts and minds, consciences and understandings of my fellows. So I thought that we might bring those two together. Now you do know, of course, that just the same as the word voice is very characteristic of John's Gospel, so he has much to say about the character of light. Let's glimpse at that. Chapter 3, 19. This is the condemnation. The light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. It said in the first chapter with regard to that light, if I'd have read on, that he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. It said they, they comprehended him not. And so it says here, light discriminates. And in verses 20 and 21, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. That's characteristic. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So there's a searching character about light. And then we have one of the great I Ams of John's Gospel. The uh, 8th chapter and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. And in verse 18, I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. So there's the witness of the Father that I was looking for just now, and through infirmity of the flesh, I fail to find it. Now we've got um, an emphasis also in the 12th chapter. The 12th chapter brings John's outside testimony to a close. Chapter 13 is addressed to his own. Jesus having loved his own that were in the world, he loved them unto the end. That's 13th chapter. This is only addressed to his disciples for the next few chapters. But in chapter 12, he's got the outside witness being brought to a conclusion. So let's look at chapter 12, 35 onwards. 
Then Jesus said unto them, Get a little while, is the light with you? Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Why do ye have light? Believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. And so, he says, uh, their minds were blinded. Verse 40. They shut their eyes, and so they were, as it were, blinded by their own attitude. And then he speaks to these people down here, brings it all to a conclusion, and says that if they've had the light and they turn away from it, there is very little hope for them. Well, then you find Paul using this uh, light in much the same way. We might just get one or two passages before we close. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Here the apostle seems to be looking back to Genesis 1 and he says, verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So he got light and he was going to be used by God to spread that light. What does he say about himself? but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I suppose you have seen, I ought to have brought one up if I thought of it, you have seen the slipper lamps that were in use, common use in Greece, just a little boat shape with a handle to it, a piece of tow and the oil, smelly things I dare say, but they gave light, a lamp, an earthen vessel. But what a valuable thing in the dark, however crude it may be. So he says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And then John spoke about being children of the light. And that takes us to Ephesians. And Ephesians chapter 5 says this. Verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness. Now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now our version goes on to say, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. But a good many manuscripts read, For the fruit of the light continuing this argument. And if you know anything about horticulture, you know that light is absolutely essential for growth. The chlorophyll in the leaf is God's marvellous little chemistry which uses light to produce the bulk of the food that you have day by day. Now, when you think about the bread on your table and the potatoes and all the carbohydrates like sugar and starch, not a single scrap of that has come out of the soil. It came out of the air, breathed by the leaves of the plant under the magic of the sunshine on the green chlorophyll. So here we have again this sort of testimony. That the fruit of the light, you know that there are some things called saprophytes that live on decaying wood. Well, mushrooms are that sort of thing. And they can be, they can grow in the dark. They don't need the light. And if you've ever seen toadstools in a wood, sometimes they're brilliant. Reds and yellows, but I'll tell you what you've never seen. You've never seen a green toadstool. For they live on something which has already had the green leaf storing it up, and there it's decaying. It's only just to emphasize that if you want to produce fruit in the service of God, it must be in light. And that brings us back again to the 
to the thought that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. And back to John the Baptist. He was not that light. He was not that light. But he was a bright and shining lamp. So may we take to ourselves these two expressions, these two figures that we have in this gospel and say to ourselves, if Christ is the word, let me be a voice to make it known. And if Christ be the light, let me be a lamp through which that light can shine. And then you can go on and invent all sorts of other figures. If Christ be this, then let me be that. If Christ break the bread of life and feed 5,000, may I be one of those who distribute it to the multitude. You can go on. All our witness is to take of the things of Christ and show them unto our fellow men. They may sometimes suffer, the witness may suffer a little bit because of our inability to express all that we see and know. It may suffer because some of us have little blurred marks in the lamp that we are supposed to let shine. But don't let us despise the day of small things. A little flicker may mean life when danger is about. So we bring this little testimony to this place. That here we have Christ set forth in John's Gospel as the light of the world and the life of the world for the life was the light of men. And we have the fact that men like John the Baptist and others could be used by him to retranslate that word of life which is first found in him in simpler language possibly to those who walk in darkness. The word, the voice, the light, the name.